Hello and welcome to Movies, Films, and Flicks. I am Mark Hoffmeyer, and joining me is someone who doesn't know what that constellation is either. It's an Ande Boetes. <laughs> what? That, okay, that, okay. You did it. You threw me. You threw me with a curveball. Remember that scene when Dewey and Gail are walking to look for the car during the party? Oh, and he goes, he goes, oh, hey, uh, do you know what that constellation is? And she goes, no. She's like, what is it? He's like, I don't know. That's what I was asking you. That's... That is a tremendous line. It's I wish I would have used that growing up because it's just ah, it makes me I okay I've been living with this movie since '96 so this has been around for what 26 years now yeah. math math yeah math. so old it math, just keeps getting old. better and better and now that we've worked our way through Scream Five Scream Four Scream Three Scream Two wait Five Cream Four Cream Three Cream Two, two cream, cream and now One Cream. It, th- I'm glad we did it because you can't, it's, it'd be really hard to start with this high of a movie and then work our way up because this is a good film, a very good film. It's very 90s. I, it's very good. I actually, yeah, just going back to that constellation scene. Oh, my gosh, because every time I watch that scene, I feel like I don't really hear what they say because I get so sucked into the Dewey girl bubble of them. and. I mean, they're both, they're actually so cringing together, but also the sweetest at the same time. I love that. How do you, I, I, yeah. How do you feel about Dewey's muscle mass? <laughs> it's, I, I die for his little mustache. Oh, yeah. Um, I love that scene where he's eating ice cream, like, um, outside of the store <laughs> with, um, like, the other the police dude guy. What's the guy's name again? Uh, yeah, and, like, he's just, like, busy with his ice cream and that little, little mustache. Oh, my gosh, it's the best. Oh, gosh. And just, job. you know, my muscle mass. And does mom, <clears throat> does mom know that she's going to come over and, like, you call me Deputy <laughs> yeah. Dewey in front of people, not Dewey. And just, oh, oh gosh. he's the cutest. He's the cutest. Just his whole introduction. Like, you know, when we first see him, you first see, like, because he's holding the ghost face mask. And then it's Dewey ah, screaming. <laughs> I just, you know, they, like, originally wanted to kill him off in the first movie. And then, like, you know, David Arquette was just so great as Dewey. And everybody immediately loved him. And they were like, no, there's no way we're killing off this dude. Um, thank goodness for that. Thank goodness we had him for five screams because, yeah, I mean, he turned out to be one of the original trios. So great. Awesome. What a great character. And just the entire cast, like Wes Craven really found a great synthesis for all these actors and he let some go over the top. I think he sort of let them exist on screen. He just... You know, in the research for this, Rose McGowan was talking about how this is one of the, the safest atmospheres she's ever been in. Jamie Kennedy said they had an amazing table read. They drank a ton of wine around Napa Valley. And then Jamie Kennedy was like, okay, I'll see you at like 5 a.m. tomorrow. And Wes goes, no, calls 9.40 a.m. And Kennedy was shocked because he's like, what, that late? And Craven's like, we're making a horrible movie about horrible things and death. Let's enjoy it. And just the vibe he created. You always hear, you know what's interesting? Whenever you hear about a cult classic movie or a really popular movie, I feel like the cast always says it was like a summer camp shooting it and that's what all the actors say yeah everyone just seems just like they enjoyed being on it all the just you know and not, not a lot of people expected anything about this you know i was reading a lot of the interviews and matthew lillard was saying that you know wes craven wasn't hot at the time i mean he was coming off of vampire in brooklyn wes craven's new nightmare which is really good 
and the people under under the stairs and shocker they like people under stairs and people under stairs and new nightmare are really good but they didn't make money so he wasn't like a hot commodity commodity at the time no one really knew you know knew who a lot of the actors were so i think they just showed up and they wanted to work with Wes Craven. They had a really good script and they made it work. Like, it's kind of fun because I feel like all the movies that knock this movie off, like, were, or knockoffs of this movie, tried to be this movie. I don't think this movie tried to be Scream, if that makes sense. It just set the template. Does that does that make sense? Scream was a breath of fresh air um, the time it came out and it really modernized the slasher genre. And you're right, so everyone tried to emulate Scream. Scream wasn't really... I mean, yeah, it gave shout out to all the old classic horror movies. Yeah, on that point, like, I love it when Billy, like, uh, the first scene we meet Billy and Sydney, the PG-13 scene. I also love that, like, yeah, that very iconic scene is, like, the second season in the movie. Like, all the scenes are just so great and iconic. But um, where he, he, he uh, tells Sydney, I was watching The Exorcism, got me thinking of you. <laughs> what a line. Oh my gosh, but like, yeah, all the shout outs to all the great classics, but it was doing its own thing, and yeah, I mean, yeah, how iconic. I watched Scary Movie again recently, and the guy playing the the Billy role, Billy Loomis role, uh, he I love how he makes fun of when Billy Loomis walks in with the exorcist, and he goes, I was watching the exorcist, and he takes his fingers and he shakes them around, but the guy in Scary Movie <laughs> does it like wildly excessive, and it's just... <laughs> He's such a slime. That's a scary movie again. He is such a slime ball in Scream. Oh, gosh. Skeet. I mean, he is. That scene Ew. where he's staring her down in the police station and just looking at her. Really good camera work, by the way. But he's just staring yeah. her down and just, like, just. <sighs> her mom was killed. Someone broke into her house. He has a cell phone, which in 96 you never saw. I mean, she's going to be a little freaked out. Like, who. I mean, the whole time he's basically gaslighting her because he is the killer. 100%. 100%. Yeah. I mean, like, just never trust a guy with that much oil in his hair. Also, you know, like, oh my gosh. Should that be a t-shirt? <laughs> yeah. And there was Keith already from, like, Scream's face on it. That'd be a great t-shirt. Never trust a guy with this much oil in his hair. Stupid question. With my millions. In Scream 2, Tori Spelling and Luke Wilson have that scene together that is essentially word for word what Billy and and Sydney said. How did they get that dialogue? Sydney's not going to tell them. There's no one around them. And Skeet is, I'm sorry, Billy is dead. So how, what, what, what was Gail doing to, to get all this information? Yeah, exactly, because, I mean, it's not like she and Sydney is super friendly in the second one, so it wasn't like Sydney told her, okay, I'll give you a transcript of all my conversations I had with Billy. I mean, like, I just don't see that happening, unless Sydney somehow included that in some sort of police statement and Gail got her hands on it. I don't know. It's actually funny because after we did the, the part for the second episode, I remembered, I still wanted to talk about that because I was, every time I watched that scene, I love Luke Wilson as Billy. Like he's just hysterical. Oh, gosh, but yeah. um, every time it's like, yeah, like how do they, how do they know that? Like, it, yeah. It, it always takes me out a little bit with the second one. Like how did they, how did, because Gail's the one that wrote the books and the stories and the stuff. So how, how did Gail know what happened in the school? I do love, though, the scene now in the this movie now with, like, Billy and, 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 and Sydney 
um, and we're like, she just like strips, like like she gets so mad at him and she runs off to the bathroom. It's a very hysterical run. I love it. I actually remember the the spoof and scary movie mm-hmm. of that scene. It's great. But also they're like, so what, how long do you think Stu has been waiting in the bathroom for Sydney to like, you know, actually appear and be alone? Because she, she says, go away, Billy. And she runs into the bathroom and then, yeah, like Stu's in there with his ghost face attire. I'm like, how long do you think Stu was in there? Was that their <laughs> in the plan ghost bathroom? to walk her down there, get her flustered, get her in the bathroom and then get her stabbed? But I mean, what a plan, because the stairs is like right there. She could just easily have run down the stairs and out the school. Like, how did they know she was going to go to the bathroom? Is is there more to this? Are they more clever than we thought? Did they like know her cycle or something? Like, what is that? I mean, yeah. Maybe before first period, <laughs> she always uses the same first class. She always uses the same. She always goes to the bathroom. And so they, I like that. they know her. We'll go with that. Yeah. I guess when I was a high school teacher, I, I, you know, you go to the teacher's bathroom in between classes. So maybe they, they knew. <laughs> also that cheerleader's 40 in that scene. <laughs> <laughs> You're pathetic. Oh my gosh. But I'm looking at her. She and, is 40. She watches Ricky Lake. Yeah. <laughs> watches Ricky Lake. But I just thought like, just, I was like, are the are these kids failing? Is it this? It's an alternate universe <laughs> where terrible school where high schoolers terrible. just look old. I think. I mean, Mr. Henry, the principal, is just like, like <laughs> what scissors. a principal! Uh, like he is something. <laughs> I like how sensitive they are towards Sydney when they bring her in to talk to her about the murder, and then I like his scissors technique where he expels those kids. Like he's he's kind of a beast, and when he scares himself in the mirror. That is just one of the funniest, <laughs> funniest scenes. Oh, my gosh. And, okay. and he just keeps on freaking himself out. Like, Corey and I lost so much last night when we watched that scene. He keeps on, like, scaring himself. It's, oh, it's great. I love that. And Mr. Embry was great. The great humor character. in this movie, I really caught yeah. on to. That. And this is weird. Uh, so I, w- I wake up really early every morning, and I got a, an additional viewing of this in. And I, I, I don't want to wake up my daughter, so I put the TV, uh, I just watched the kind of captions. And while watching the captions, I realized that the actors are really good in this movie. Like, like There's a lot you pick up on. So I've listened to it with sound many years, many times. But just watching it with the captions on when I'm trying to be quiet and not wake up anybody, it's, you can see how, like, I, I, I Rose McGowan, I noticed a lot during that uh, bedroom scene where she's in her jammies, the way she talks to her mom. She's like, oh, like really bubbly and she called yeah, her like McGowan. Very cute. She called her character effervescent, which I loved. And I also love that she went and shopping for her own clothes because the costume designer yeah. couldn't figure her out. But it's I was watching the performances, just watching how slimy Billy is. Watching watching Jamie uh, Kennedy, like David Arquette, like they're all so good together. You can see how much our Cox and Arquette have. Like you can tell that they have this thing for each other. And it's just, for sure. It's just fun watching. You know what else I realized too is this movie. The opening scene when they show her in the tree gutted, that's the meanest moment of this entire franchise. I don't think yeah. there's, by far, by far, I don't think there's a meaner moment in this entire franchise. And we've watched them all recently. I mean, I think the four, the kill in four was very gratuitous when he killed the girl in her room. But I just think this one was the meanest. 100%. So my mom's visiting me right now. And I was very excited because, like, yeah, I get to watch Scream with my mom in prep for the spot. 
and um, we sat down last night and we started watching. And when that scene ended, my mom was like, Sinandi, no, I can't. Yeah. I, I, I actually can't. And I'm like, oh, really, mom? She, like, you know, too, and she was like, yeah, no, she, that was that that was too much for her. Like, you know, she's like, maybe during the day. And I was like, well, that is probably the worst or like, you know, the, 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 the baddest scene. Like, the comedy is going to come, I promise. And she was just like, yeah, maybe we can watch it during the day rather. Because it is. Yeah. It's a mean moment. That I mean, that was also why we watch this movie now and it's not scary for us at all. But back then when, what, I was 11 or something? Like, I mean, I was, like, little. Like, that was, whoa. That movie freaked us out because mm -hmm. it was violent. That opening scene was violent. At the end, there was, like, a lot of blood and stuff happening in the end there. I mean, I think if 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 Matthew Lillard didn't play Stu the way he played Stu and if, like, um, Kevin and Wes didn't allow him to ad lib all those funny, like picking up the phone again. Did you really call the cops? My mom and dad's gonna be so mad. If he didn't like add all of that little comic, like over the top crazy bits, like the last scene would have been also like, yeah, like, a lot. It's a lot of stabbing and a lot of blood. Um, but yeah, you're right. The opening scene, I mean, and just how great is it that they got you Barrymore yeah. to be killed off so great? Legendary. I mean, what Wes and Kevin did there was just, yeah, it opened up the field for so much. I think it made every filmmaker and every storyteller just think differently about, hey, what, what we can actually get away with, you know, like what can work. Um, outside, yeah, thinking outside of the box, trying new things, because that's what Scream did. It tried new things and it freaking nailed it. And it's scary. Like, Drew Barrymore's performance is so good in the opening yeah. of this movie. And also, I want to say there's a healthy dose of psychological horror at the end with Stu mm -hmm. and Billy. More so than any other film. Scream 2, no. Scream 3, <laughs> uh, no. Uh, Scream 4, not a chance. Scream no. Scream 5, no. It's, not, it's more like no. petulance. These two yes. have control. Like, these are two... Well, they're actually grown men when they were casting this, uh, just manipulating and like playing. They were like playing with their food and just being cruel and mean. And it, it, this it, it More opens grounded. it opens so mean and it ends really psychologically scary as well. And it's just I don't know. I love that this movie has a lot of humor to it. And it's very funny. I mean, case in point. The garage scene when she opens up the freezer door and Ghostface hits it. When she throws the bottles at him. When Tatum hits yeah. him with the bottles. There's a lot to laugh at here. Jumping in the mirror. The lines about the constellation. But it gets mean. And I think that's what all the other Scream movies lack. I don't, yes. There's no... I don't think the meanness of this one is ever matched. I think, yeah, the... All the other screen movies leaned more into the comedy, where the first one, I think, had a healthy dose of, you know, the comedy horror, like, you know, blending it together, because it had a lot of horror and it had a lot of comedy, where the rest, I think, yeah, it's definitely more comedy oriented. Because, yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I mean, the first one is mean. Like, last night when I was watching it, too, it hits me when, when someone said uh, Sydney's mom was raped and murdered. And I was like, I, I always forget that. I mean, that, like, adds a whole dark freaking level to all of that, you know? Yeah. We never think of it. We just think, yeah, she was sliced, and it's all about, like, Sydney and, like, all these things. But, I mean, 
holy moly, that, when you start thinking about that, you kind of don't want to think about that because it's horrific, you know? Like, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? It's definitely got a darker layer to it than the others. And I think that's what made it so great because it really freaked people out. Mm-hmm. The other screen movies aren't scary. It doesn't really freak you out, you know? It's very over the top. And again, like I say, lean more towards a comedy. But this one, this one went for things. Like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, it's, it, and I think it also features some of the greatest telephone usage in cinema history. You have the opening scene with Casey Becker. You have the scene where Dewey walks up to the cell phone and goes, hello? What an idiot. I love that scene so yeah. much. Yeah. Uh, Stu yeah. getting hit by the phone. The cell phone bit. Like It's, it's such a... I don't know. I know Dr. Strangelove has some great phone bits, but I think I'm going to lean towards Scream featuring the greatest cell phone bits ever. Yeah, I think that's a solid call. What do you because think? Because I think that it's 100% correct. <laughs> <laughs> it's very, too. That's what I love. Uh, it's even better than Black Phone. But it's... I don't know. It gets mean. It gets cruel. It still... Like, you have good performers, and you don't really know who they were. So I was watching Party of Five, but I don't think I was really familiar with – so this was 96. I was 14. My brother watched it first. He told me I, I had to go watch it, so I went and watched it. But I kind of knew Nev. I didn't know who Rose McGowan was. I didn't know who Matthew Little was. I didn't know who Skeet was. I didn't know who David Arquette was. Uh, I knew who Courtney Cox was. But that's, yeah. that's really that's, cool that was it. because – you can look at them as their characters. And what's interesting about Nev Campbell in this franchise, we talk about her as being Sydney. Like Nev Campbell just doesn't do much in, in regards to act. Not not when she's on screen, she doesn't do much. She just doesn't appear in many shows. So when I think about Scream, I think of her as Sydney. When I think about Halloween, I just think of it as Jamie Lee Curtis. I don't really go Laurie Schroeder. Yeah. So it's yeah. kind of like, I think that really helped this movie as well because you don't have that familiarity with the actors you you talk about billy you talk about stew you talk about tatum dewey gail sydney randy yeah i oh randy yeah like this is a movie where you you talk about the characters not the actors if that makes sense absolutely i think you can put any picture of one of these characters on twitter and say like who's the actor or like you know just the character name and Everyone will know who it is. Mm-hmm. Everyone will know who it is. I mean, the fact that the movie could do that and then, like, spawned an entire franchise. I mean, it's impressive. Like, yeah, Wes and Kevin did really, really well with this. I mean, I wonder if they ever – I don't think they ever really knew. You know, how, how can you? No. How can you? It's like one of those things you, you where it, everything yeah. just works out. I mean, you've got, like, Lee Schreiber playing Cotton Weary who only took the role because he wanted to pay off his college debt. <laughs> <laughs> Jason Lee almost played Randy. Like, apparently, yeah, they saw him in Mallrats and really liked him, and he was originally considered for Randy. Imagine, like, you know, like, I think that would have been such a different take on Randy. You know, Randy would have been so different with Jason Lee doing him. I mean, Jason Lee's good, but it would have been a different Randy. Yeah. I think just like the stars, Mark, the stars really did align. The, co- the constellations were there. It happened. It worked. <laughs> That's how these movies get made, though. Like, these classics get made. I mean, look at Donnie Darko. No one knew what Donnie Darko was going to do. Like, look at some of these movies, yeah. I think, that, that really build a life of their own 26 years later. I don't think you go into it going, we're going to make a classic. You know, I, I think, <laughs> I think Wes Craven needed to prove something. 
Kevin Williamson needed to prove something because you know he had been he moved to LA I believe in '91. He sold Teaching Mrs. Tingle first. That wasn't made, and he wanted to break in through the industry. And he had great source material. He used what the uh, ja the Gainesville Ripper. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Know, woof, yeah. Horrifying. Yeah. And yeah. I think you had a bunch of hungry people making this movie looking to prove something it wasn't nobody here i think was on a run of five hits in a row so i think they were definitely what's the word they 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 needed this so i think they all took it seriously but wes was such a veteran i think he shepherded these actors really good too like i think he allowed i think he he must have caught that arquette and cox had chemistry because he allows those room those scenes yeah. to breathe and absolutely he knew that Lillard had the hot hand so he just let him go crazy like my mom my you know my parents are gonna be so mad like he just had the, like a hot hand and he just liver let, alone. oh god liver alone oh man and I love that line yeah and it, I say it a lot and like Billy just Loomis just oozes with menace he's a very scary character he was so good like I read like he apparently um at first, he had no idea that there were comedy elements in this movie. So when they started, like, filming and stuff, he was very confused. He couldn't understand why his co-stars were, like, playing it up and having fun. He was like, we're doing a serious thing. And then, like, they had to explain to him now, like, you know, we've got some, like, comedy elements in here. And he was like, okay, I get it. But, I mean, from his point of view, you can totally understand that because his character is the more serious guy. Like, there's nothing really funny about billy every other character even Stu, has a funny quirk or a funny thing there is nothing funny about billy mm -hmm. so you could totally get us you know skeet's initial confusion like why is everyone like thinking this is a joke like <laughs> he didn't like no because he was just so focused on his very serious character i like when he says that movies make psychos more creative but i feel like he drew a lot of inspiration from a norman bates who was a murderer who was unassuming and got away with a lot. Like Billy, I don't know. He said that movies make psychos more creative, but I feel like he drew a lot of inspiration from horror movies, if that makes sense. It's, I don't think it made him a psycho, but he was a psycho who adopted, well, I guess it did make him more creative. But I just thought that was pretty interesting about him. Just, And I like how he has to tell people that it's psycho, which kind of was annoying. It's like, guys, we know that line. <laughs> But I guess kids, I wouldn't have known that at 14, so I guess that makes sense. But I found a really funny article on Decider, and I, I just want to read it to you. I want to see what you think. Uh, they wrote, the reveal doesn't work without this duo, Lillard and Skeet, and it doesn't work without their combined hotness, dangerousness, and ridiculousness. I think about Lillard's delivery of my mom and dad are going to be so mad like once a month. Uh, Skeet's got that raw, bad boyfriend sex appeal, and then she wrote, still not over him sucking corn syrup off his fingers. And Lillard <laughs> is the perfect, unexpected no partner in crime. A goofy loose cannon who manages to still be endearing, even after we learn he's a murderer. High school with these two is hell, but at least it's hot down here. That's what they wrote. <laughs> like, But there's so many articles about it. I, I was doing research for, yeah. for another thing, and I found all these articles about people who love Billy and Stu. Not the right way. Like They love yeah. the villainness of yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think they do capture that. I think they lean into it pretty hard to make this movie. And that's something the other screen movies don't do as well at all. Yeah, no, true. And I mean, like, with, like, I also read a lot of things about Billy and Stu. And, like, at one point, people were shipping the, those two and saying, like, yeah, that was Stu's actual motivation. 
because Steve was actually secretly in love with Billy and it was back in the day when, you know, like people weren't like upfront about their sexual identities and stuff. And um, they actually asked like Kevin and Nev Campbell about it in interviews. And Nev was like, yeah, like I could totally go with that is the reason why Steve held belief. That totally makes sense. Kevin said his work is always coded with like, you know, um, gay coding all over the place. So, I mean, if people want that, to be like the thing sure it works um i think that's the thing they've you've got dewey and gail having this great chemistry and then you've got billy and stew that's like kind of you know feels like this buddy comedy like thing happening but they've got such amazing chemistry and then at the end it gets so personal and I mean, like, sex and violence just goes together. So you've got, like, this thing happening between them where they're stabbing each other. But, like, they, I mean, you can certainly see some eroticism in there. Like, I never thought about it. But after reading what people said, I'm like, oh, yeah, now I can't not see it. <laughs> you know? I just think that's the thing. The pairings of everyone was just so great. Even, like, um, Sydney and Tatum, you know, like, the best friends. I totally bought that. I totally bought that they grew up together, besties. They've just got this like relaxed vibe with them you know they know each other's secrets and like everything about each other it's great pairings that happened and they yeah but i mean the ensemble cast in general is just fantastic and, what, and then good what, old randy uh, who's cool though but he's not the stereotypical nerd he he's, no. a, he's pretty cool and he gets fired from his job and a lot right. and he's he again nails it he it, like in the first and the second movie he absolutely nailed the killer like he nailed it. He knew it was Billy. I love the video store scene. The video store scene, it, like this entire movie, every scene is just an iconic scene. Every freaking scene. It's amazing. <laughs> and I feel like you're right. Mallrats and Scream are sort of the rise of this kind of character, right? The, what is it, a know-it-all supposed nerd slacker who's actually kind of cool. I feel like that was sort of Randy in this. And that may, I don't know. I just, yeah. Yeah. And I do think Scary Movie ran with that Billy Stew thing pretty far. I don't know if you remember that movie, but uh, they run with that no, subplot between them pretty good. I really need to watch Scary Movie again. It's, uh, it made a lot of money. I was working in a theater when it came out. I remember. It was, and it's very popular still. I really need to watch. Shall we do the Scary Movie I've franchise? Got, I just did one and two in honor of this. So oh, cool. that's why it's so, cool. that's why I have so much scream and scary movie in my brain right now, <laughs> but I, I don't know. I think, man, I, this movie was really good to me when I was 14 because I was watching horror movies, but I, I didn't really get all the meta stuff. I just thought it was cool. Yeah. I thought it was dark. I thought it was brutal. I thought Nev Campbell was an interesting pick for the lead because she adds a really like intelligence and uh, a sensitivity, I guess, to the the lead role the maturity yeah yeah that's what i love about sydney also is she's always been matured you know the mature one like you know not just with how she handles things and how her brain like processes things even physically you know like the first time ghostface attacks her whoever it was billy or stew like she you can see she's had training. She's got some self-defense training in her. Like, she kicks him. She, like, I'm like, no, you're not. What, what do you think you're doing? I love that. You know, Sydney wasn't just this helpless girl, victim. She's always been more mature than pretty much everyone around her. Yeah. Um, and I think that's what made her our generation's final girl. 
what made her so iconic and the movie itself. Because I think if they messed up her character, things wouldn't have been what it is today. It just wouldn't have. And then she gets a hold of the phone and she starts calling out Stu. In my notes, I have an all cap, Sydney is a beast. Like She's just a <laughs> face-punching uh, badass. And I got vibes yeah. from Scream 5 at the end when Sam kind of jumps into the fray. I think Sam could could kind of take over that mantle of sort of... For sure. The, the yeah, for sure. She also tough. doesn't take any crap from people. And yeah. like, yeah. Yeah, and definitely. Have you noticed all the donuts on Dewey's desk and then he's eating donuts for breakfast? Have you noticed that? <laughs> no, actually, I didn't. There's this tiny little production design or you know, prop work in here that just makes me so happy. Mm. But I'm telling you, like this, I don't think I've ever liked this movie more. And I've always loved this movie. I kind of riding a high coming into this episode. And like even the moments nice. when remember when uh, Sydney walks up to Gail and they want to talk off the record, she's like, You owe me and then she and then Gail goes, I owe you shit and then Sydney goes, You owe my mother and, and then at the end she's like, You're not so sure anymore. Like I love that play between them. There's a weird yes. begrudging respect between them and I, I think Sydney does the right thing too, to kind of go over and talk to Gail. It's yeah, this is I don't know, it's it's really interesting and this also that you know this movie doesn't really have the traditional you know what like growing up all the slasher movies had the jocks right they kind of had the athletes they had the kind of bro drinkers they had like wildly promiscuous uh, babysitters this movie doesn't really have that aspect to it so i think that's another element of freshness to it because I feel like I was just raised on movies that had the same four characters in every film, like all really sort of, this is the nerd, this is the drug addict, this is the um, jock. And so it's nice to see characters who were quite three-dimensional and not totally, like Stu's a, like not a jock, but he's also kind of cool. Like, I don't know, I thought that was an interesting dynamic to bring in those kind of characters. I don't know if you felt that way too. No, I'm just saying, I feel like they weren't stereotyped at all. They were like just normal kids that kind of fit into like more than one box, if you will, mm -hmm. if you don't really want to put them in boxes. But yeah, like they were lighted and they're more interesting and again, more relatable. I mean, I know they like said, yeah, they chose the release date because um, they wanted to like give like bored teenagers something to watch over the holidays <laughs> and like scream game out uh. Uh, because yeah it was for us and it was like you know relatable and like not the same old same old uh, like you say like the the jocks and the you know all the groups and I mean these were just like yeah this this these friends who I mean what they seem like they live in the countryside sydney's house like the most beautiful view up there oh my gosh you know like yeah they just live out there and do their thing and yeah kind of normal very normal and i think that also added to the freshness of it you know no absolutely yeah it, it just feels i don't know even randy the way he walks he has a strut he's supposedly the nerd of the group but he struts yeah <laughs> yeah yeah. He's got this cocky little attitude happening. Like. And uh, I feel so, I love it. yeah, it just feels like even the songs in this, in this movie are, are super memorable. What well, you have that Nick Cave song, Red Right Hand, you know, Don't Fear the Reaper, uh, School's Out, like just by Alice Cooper. Like I remember watching this movie and feeling a really, I don't know. It's weird when movies have a cool vibe to them. I feel like sometimes movies have this hip 
cool vibe that then everyone tries to replicate. Like you know when a when a company sees something that's underground and cool, they adopt it and it doesn't become cool anymore. I feel like Scream was that underground cool thing, but this movie sort of has that vibe, if that makes sense, that you can't recreate. Scream was a Scream was a total trendsetter, really. I mean, like I remember even like you said, um, Rose McGowan who ended up like buying her own wardrobe and like yeah, we all started like wearing the skirts and the like the little socks with the shoes and I mean like there were these things like the Sydney haircuts. I mean like they were trendsetters the the entire movie. We all we all quoted the lines all the time, all the live long day. I mean. I mean, still today, like, sliced and diced. There's just so many memorable lines in here that's just so fun. Yeah, they really set, like, a a bar for what kids back then liked. Mm -hmm. Because we were all like, yes, yes, we like this. We like this very, (laughs) very much. This is what we want. Thank you. Yes, the rest of you can just follow suit. (laughs) That's a great – and I'm going to read some movies off. And I'm going to see if I can do it in one breath. But I'm going to do the movies released between 97 and 2002 that sort of pulled their best scream as far as teenagers or meta-ness. But I do want to say, in 95, these were the horror movies that came out. Candyman 2, Halloween 6, The Prophecy, Tales from the Hood, Vampire in Brooklyn, Leprechaun 3, and Demon Knight. I love Demon Knight. But horror was not in a great place. And so, after Scream, you get... I Know What You Did Last Summer, Scream 2, Campfire Tales, Halloween H2O, Urban Legend, The Faculty, I Still Know What You Did Last Summer, Bride of Chucky, Disturbing Behavior, The Curve, Teaching Miss Tingle, The Rage Carry 2, Idle Hands, Ginger Snaps, Final Destination, Psycho Beach Party, Scary, Cherry Falls, Cherry, Scary Movie, Cherry Falls, Scream 3, Gossip Valentine, and Soul Survivors. Well, that was easy, but I thought I was going to struggle with that. I could have named like 30 more, but yeah, they, Good job. these were all because of Scream. Yeah. Now, exactly. I know, I, I know movies are in production beforehand, but no, this was all because of Scream. It changed the horror landscape. It did. Yes. And exactly. I think it also raised the bar for horror sequels. And you look, you look at franchises as a whole. This movie has, aside from Scream Three, all of these movies are currently fresh, which is unheard of in in horror franchises you know nightmare on elm street you have dream warriors and new nightmare those are fresh so you have two sequels friday 13th no then nightmare uh let's see what's the other big one halloween you have halloween and then you have halloween 2018 i think those are the only two fresh halloween movies so pound for pound what no it's like 50 something percent it's not even fresh, oh, which which is wow. which is annoying. But yeah, I, I love on, H2O. Guys. Come on now. Come on, y'all. Right, H2O. Let's do it. Let's uh, get H2O fresh. Let's talk about that driving <laughs> scene. Yeah, it's 52%. <laughs> but it's – so okay. uh, next to Nightmare on Elm Street, like I think only Final Destination has one fresh sequel, and that's the fifth one. I think there's only one fresh Final Destination movie. You have – Child's Play, which the latest Child's Plays have been well-rated, but none of the early ones were. Like, Child's Play is coming to a renaissance. But when you look at these with box office and pound for pound, so Scream 1 made $172 million worldwide in 96. And Scream 2 made 173. Scream 4, Scream 3, um, Scream 2 made 173. Scream 3 made 162. Scream 4 made 96. Not great. 
but five cream comes back and, and plows 150 million. Like it's, it's pound for, okay. Pound for pound when it comes to audience scores, critical scores, sequels that are good and box office next to maybe, let's see, Romero's Dawn, like Dawn of the Dead trilogy, maybe all the Hannibal Lecter movies tied together. I wrote an article for this about Rotten Tomatoes, but it's changed. So I don't have the exact numbers, but it's now a Scream 5 added. I think it might be the pure, the best pure story all the way through horror franchise on paper. Probably. I mean, I think that's also why it works so well, because Scream just feels that little bit more clever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you yeah. think about the first one, and I think that's also part of why it did so well and why like, we all loved it so much, because everyone's clever. Stu at one point tells Randy in the video store, it's the millennium, motives are incidental. Like, stop, you know, like going with, like Stu, Stu, goofball Stu. Even Stu's like, so everyone's clever. You don't have a character that's like, oh, you know, like, I don't care. I don't know what's going on. Or everybody knows what's going on. Everyone's kind of like, you know, on top of things. Like, y- you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, no one gets left behind. Everyone, like, keeps up and, like, we're going forward and it's, it's we're thinking things through. And even, like, with, I think, the latest Scream movies that might not have been as clever, they at least still had these arguments of, like, you know, why, like, because, yeah, the, the whole meta movie thing, but they still had these arguments and, like, talking about it and figuring things out. And I think, like, stop that with the whole us, the audience, getting to figure out every time we watch it for the first time the whodunit angle. And, yeah, it it works. It's great. The whodunit thing is also another thing. In Chucky, you know it's Chucky. In Halloween, you know it's Michael. You know, like... But with Scream, there's the whodunit angle that makes it so much more engaging for us. It it every time it it it's a, a solid twist, you know. Like the third one, people didn't really like that whole twist thing, but like that's probably the weakest of the the five. But still, you still, you still got to do the whole ooh, let's detective with Gale and Dewey and figure out who's the killer, who's behind the mask, and that just makes it so much more engaging. And that, like, I think makes us, the audience, feel like, yes, this is for you. We made this little puzzle thing for you. Um, and we like that. We, we like that. We like when we are being considered. <laughs> that's, a, you know? that's such a great point, too, because you do feel part of the joke in Scream. I don't know. It's when they're talking Yay! about movies, you Yay! you feel like you when when Kirby's talking about horror remakes and then when Quaid is talking about entitled fans you kind of sit there and you you go oh okay like this is uh exactly and, and i still three okay i'm telling you and i hate speaking for people and i hate when people do this for me and it's totally fine if you don't get on the vibe of this movie but when you see that scene where gail walks in and she matches all the signs and the ladder like that movie was meant oh, to be cheeky. it was meant to be be stupid Absolutely. and it I think a lot of people didn't exactly. want that, and so, but I don't want to speak for people because you can clearly dislike it. But I, I think yeah. like that movie even the laugh, like the the beats and the the Hollywood kind of stuff, like I just oh, I love it. And also, Scream had the luxury of being first because sometimes when well, I think maybe when we got to ninety eight, ninety nine, when when there were high school characters talking like with the just the most verbose language, and they were just so loquacious. <laughs> And effusive. <laughs> and you're just thinking, yeah. you're just, 
you're just like, shut Please up. Don't like stop. Yeah. Stop. stop. Like, this does not feel original anymore. But Scream Absolutely. had the luxury of of not having to wor- worry about that. And also I think what's interesting is the Tatum character in any other movie would have been wildly gratuitous character. Like they'd never exploit Rose McGowan in this movie. And that's nah. very refreshing. But I feel like in any other horror movie, she would have been – it's like it still does subvert expectations in a way. Does that make sense? Like she would have been the dumb friend. But Tatum's not exactly. not dumb at all. No, she's not. She made like one bad mistake and it probably kind of played into like her vanity that she thought she might be able to. Or she was just really panicking. Who knows really what happened there? But she decided to go for the little door. But I mean, that was just like more funny than anything else. Um, yeah. Other than that, I mean, she legit was freaking out because I mean, she was being attacked and she was alone in the garage. That's the thing with every every scene. You can totally, like, see the seriousness, and then you can totally see how they, like, okay, we're subverting it and making it funny. Throw beer bottles at inside them, you know? Like, yeah. Um, yeah. It's just, yeah, I feel like it's actually a very fun way to look at, like, you know, how comedy and horror works. Think about, like, a scary scene. Okay, now think about what you can do to actually elevate it and make it more funny, you know, elevate it to a comedy level. Um, like, what Don't make it elevated horror. To- <laughs> yeah, that's what I say. Elevated to comedy. <laughs> <laughs> Not Babadook. Uh, Be very specific. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I mean, I just, I also feel like that is Scream and that is why I love Scream so much and why I'm such a big fan because Scream has always been like ahead of the curve and like, you know, I mean, you've got Scream 3 that ta- like basically took on the whole Me Too movement before that even happened. You had Scream 4 that was basically predicting what a trend it will become for people to live stream their murders like online and make their little movies for their little fame. That's what Scream does. Like it's always just kind of like, you know, staying ahead of the curve. I think like it's it's too soon to say what Scream 5 meant, but we'll revisit it soon. <laughs> I want to revisit but, um, it now after watching all five all backwards. of it again yeah we should man yeah yeah i really do because I, yeah I'm, I'm i'm gonna watch stream five again soon or five cream sorry y'all sorry 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 five five cream five cream i mean i love five cream because like again that's also where you know the audience is part of like the fun and into it like you know they mark the whole toxic fandom vibes but they're also like talking to Scream fans there too when they're saying, yeah, you know, like the original is just nothing's ever going to be better. Like that's what people think. And they're kind of like, you know, it's not just toxic fandom. It's it's just fans in general, like you know, people being precious about, oh, but it was as good as the original. Like let a movie be a movie and let, you know, time do its thing kind of. Yeah. Um, I love, you know me, I love the fifth one. I've seen it like, yeah, almost a dozen times now. I love it. Yeah, it's, but, um, the one thing I wish Scream 5 Cream had a little bit more of was a, it could go a little bigger it could, with humor. It's not that movie, but I do wish it had, I think it lacks that big um, comedic presence. I don't know if that makes sense to you. Like, they're good, but there's no stew. There's no... Dewey, I mean Dewey's in it, but Dewey's serious Dewey. Like I, I kind of like 
I don't know. That's my one thing. But I do love the the whole plot and the breakdown. And I think they cast really well, too. Jenna Ortega's crushing it. X, this, Adam's family. She's uh, mm-hmm. she's on a heck of a roll. And, uh, I kind of hope, like, the sixth one, like, you know, gives the characters more an opportunity, too. But I think, I mean, it's difficult because you can't really, like, just say, okay, we need to get the next Dewey and the next Gail and the next. I mean, you know, yeah. you can't replicate something that's iconic True. because then it won't be iconic. And I think it was tricky because, like I say, they're trying to usher in a new generation. And I think they're all trying to figure out, okay, but which characters work? I don't think anyone knew Kirby was going to be Kirby. (laughs) I don't think anyone knew that the world would love Kirby so much that they literally are now bringing her back for the sixth screen. (laughs) Hayden channeled something pretty awesome in that role, though. Like, that's a... Good. Yeah. Oh, she's good, man. Woo, hey, she's hey, very good. So <laughs> let's do this. We've watched all five. Oh, gosh, yeah. All okay. right. So now let's go through and pick our five <laughs> favorite characters who aren't Sydney, Gale, and Dewey. And then we'll hear about your shooting, uh, stabbing and shooting data. Yeah, that's actually an interesting one. Okay. All right. You want to tell me your top five? Yeah, okay. So I'm looking this. I'm looking at this as I am picking my favorites one through five. One. Jennifer Jolie, Parker Posey, Scream 3. She's just a maniac. Just an absolute maniac. I could watch her jump into Patrick Warburton's arms uh, all day, every day. It just makes me so happy. Next, if I had to go... Oh, there it is. And jump into his arms. It's amazing. So good. uh, Number two. I think you're going to know what I'm going to say. And that is Kirby. Aiden Pantier. Mm -hmm. Panettiere, just I don't know. She just had a hot hand in that movie. She's good in that look she gives that boyfriend. The acting, yeah, she's, she's on another level than the other so actors good. in this movie. You're like, absolutely. There's a reason she's coming back. Crazy likable. Two, okay, this is gonna be a little. You might not see this one coming, but I feel pretty good about this one. So I'm gonna say, no, three. Three is Joel Jones, Dwayne Martin from Scream Two. Yes. He just, I'm out of here. I'm out. Yes. I'm out. I've seen this movie. You're, you're, He's great. Your cameraman who, who you kept insulting about his weight, and you called him Jesus, and then he responded by going, no, my name's Kenny. But it's, poor Kenny. But I love, I love, he disappears, he comes back, he lives. It's just a refreshing, refreshing thing. Now, this is where yes. it gets tough. This, ugh, mm. gosh, I don't know. This is really hard. It is. Okay. I would keep those three. That's my top three. But yeah. I, I got to say Randy because I feel like Randy subverts the trends of the, the nerd. He's actually a nice guy. He can get over himself and still hang out and help Sydney. He's not that whiny friend. And his death meant something. Like his death, when yep. it happened, it made me feel. I felt. It's one of the, yeah, it was one of the hardest, toughest death in the entire series. Like, Absolutely. Now I got to get to the last part. So we have Mindy, we have Sam, but I can't. We have a. You wrote an article about this, but while watching Scream One Cream, I (laughs) was watching Matthew Lillard, and it's wildly unbelievable. This would never happen, but I'm just thinking to myself, why not give him a supporting actor Oscar nomination? Why not? Like why not? Why not? Why not? Have some fun. Like, this dude, the phone bit, my mom, that's the owl. Like, I'm kind of woozy. I, I think I'm dying. 
he's just the liver alone the life that he gives this movie is something special so i'm gonna go with matthew lillard as Stu. so i'm very happy with my five i really am i i kind of maybe if i watch five again i might put sam on my list because i like when she goes beast mode but it's i just think these are the five that if I put someone else in, I don't feel it feel organic to me. These five feel organic, so I'm not going to ignore that. But the two, the two are the 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 Joel, Jennifer Jolie and Kirby are one and two or two and one. It doesn't matter, but they're hands down my favorite. So yeah, that's that's my five. And this was tough. I had to do some soul searching. I had to go punching punch dancing in an abandoned warehouse. I had to take a walk like Reese Witherspoon did in Wild. I had to go take a Julia Roberts Eat Pray Love journey. It was nuts. But I think I got it. Yeah, a lot of it. A lot of pizza. Gelato. Yeah, Yeah, it was good. Yeah, I yeah. Yeah, I was like, well, I'm going on another trip to work on this, you know. (laughs) All right. So that's my five. Tell me yours. Okay, well that's awesome. Well, I mean, yeah, we definitely have some overlap. But I mean, yeah, I have like there's no two ways about the fact that Stu's on my list. Like Stu is my guy. He's on the list. Like I mean, he's just too great to not have. Of course, my girl Kirby is on the list. Of course, my girl Sam is on the list. Of course, my girl Jennifer is on the list. And then I'm sticking with my boy Chad. Chad. I don't know. I love Chad. I love Mindy too. I love Chad. Like, yeah, I want to see more of Chad. He's a very interesting character. Um, He's got some layers to him that, like, yeah, we haven't seen... We haven't seen enough. We saw a lot of Mindy. Um, and I like Mindy. Don't get, like, you know, I like her. But I want to see more of Chad now. I want to see him develop more. Um, I think, yeah, he's a, he's a fun guy. He could be a fun guy to add to, you know, the Randys and the Stews mm-hmm. and, you know, yeah. the Dewey that won't be there anymore. I'm, I'm rooting for my boy Chad. I yeah. hope with the new additions to the cast that they still find room for him. In I there. hope so. And yeah. Sam, I, I feel like this is Sam's story, so I still want Sam to be the lead in this. Like, I love Sam. It gets yeah. to the point in legacy films where you don't build the new characters because you're so focused on the older ones. So I think they're going to need to keep – they're going to need to really still focus on them. Like I hope Sam Weaving doesn't come in and just take over, which is great because Samara Weaving's awesome. But I, I – you know what we were very excited when they said she's in the new scream but then afterwards i'm like oh gosh is she just like gonna have a cameo like kristen bell had in the fourth one in the beginning i was like Mm -hmm. you know it could actually just as well be like a little cameo thingy or i don't know samara is playing someone in the movie stab what's stab eight stab nine where we know it's stab movies oh yeah so it could be that you know like samara is maybe the actress so got like a, a bit role to add to body counts or something. I don't know. I don't think they'll just switch to completely new characters from scratch again. I think we'll still follow the sisters. But yeah, who knows? Who knows? Who knows I want, these I want Sam to beat people up. Uh, she needs to get her. Yes. Her I just want Sam Sydney to. On. Yeah. She needs to get her Sydney Absolutely. on. And so. Absolutely. So yeah. I, I, this, this is a deep bench. This is a really deep bench. But I'm mm. happy with my five. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would add the lemon squares in there. I would add the lemon squares, too. But 
Mark and the lemon squares. How those lemon squares taste like ass. Like, what a great line. <laughs> no, real, before we get in your gun, the the gun and stabs. Okay, who's the MVP of the entire franchise? I mean, I told you this. Yeah, it's we agree. Yeah, it is hands down. I mean, yeah, I'll hear nothing else. No, it's, no, it's who it is. It's Gal. Like, I have made this argument when we were talking about Screen Four, is that Sydney's arc ended with three. And Gail has just, like, she's forever been. I mean, she enters with her little neon outfit, yeah. and it's amazing. Yeah. Like, I love that. It's so, I also just love the 90s of it all. It's such a 90s movie, and it's great. Yeah. We've got, like, these little sunset to blues, like, while Sydney takes a nap or whatever. Yeah, no, it's just fantastic. But it's definitely Gail. Gail, Gail for the win. Hands down. Like, I have predicted that Gail might die the next scream, but I... I I'm starting to think no because I don't want to. Like it's like no, I'm not ready. I'm not She's ready a Highlander. She's not dying. The franchise. Yeah. You can't yeah, kill her. Right? She's like the queen. She's gonna live live an old, an old age. Yeah. Just put a blanket on her. Age. Let her heal. The bl- the magic healing blanket yeah. and she, her bullet wounds Get her wounds some will dogs. Heal. Something. <laughs> I still love the Scream Four bit. Get her some dogs. Then they'll make the crown about her. The reporter. That'll be a Netflix show. The reporter. Exactly. So. Who will play Gail? Gosh. Um, oh, oh. Um, Alison Brie. Alexandra Daddario. Oh, there we go. Alexandra Yeah, let her, let, you. you know what? Give her that. Dark hair, blue eyes. Let her crush it. She's really good in We Summon the Darkness. And we still need to do the Texas Chainsaw 3D episode you talked about. Oh, yes, we should, cuz. Get him, cuz. But it... <laughs> <laughs> i love it i love it so much my students were talking about that the other day and they're like they're cousins aren't they and i just had a good laugh yeah. about that but uh, Do you yeah. Think, uh, uh so yeah what about how many how many uh stabs and how many shots are in this so yeah like the first scream has got the least of all stabs it's got 13 where scream 3's got 14 2's got 22 4's got 23 and 5's got 49 stabs. <laughs> yeah like five is like right because Sam goes wild in the oh. end. I think she does like more than a dozen stabs at the end. She, yeah, she massacres Richie. Um, <laughs> and yeah, gunshots, scream. Also, only three gunshots in the entire uh, the scream, the first movie. Then we've got the fourth one with seven. The third one was twelve. The fifth one was twenty-five. And scream two with the most gunshots at twenty-eight. Oh. Again with the final scene with like. Bang, 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 going off there in the theater. Who takes a gun into a theater, honestly? But <laughs> terrible. Yeah, that was, yeah. But yeah. That's fun. So they did ramp up the stuff. Like, ramped it up, took it took it down a bit again with Scream 3, and then just keep pushing it up again. Yeah, it's just interesting stats. How would you rank all five? One, three, five, four, two. It's easy for me. Wow. Yeah. So I think I've switched. I think I went one, three, two, four, five. But I love all of them. Yeah. No, same. Love all of them. Yeah. They're great. This this is kind of saying like it's five awesome things and I rank them. It doesn't mean one is that anything becomes less awesome. It just means I, yeah, I love five, but none of the characters get. You we like you want more of the characters, but I don't think it has a Kirby. I don't think it has a stew. So I think that's why it's five, five cream for me. 
And then, like, I always do uh, – real quick. So then, I'm like, what I always do is uh, – while watching this, I got inspired. So I sent you a message an hour before we were supposed to record, and I asked you to put together a list of horror movie characters or actors that should be nominated for awards. And you've already written the article for Cracked, which is awesome. And so that was a lot easier for you than I was uh, anticipating. But I put together a list of some actors that I think should have been not, could could have plausibly no not plausibly because horror movies never get. But I'm gonna say actors who should have been nominated for an Oscar. Yes. Number one. Robbed. Anthony Perkins. Correct. He should he should have been like every time I watch that movie I get annoyed. Uh, it's just. Right. It's it's like guys. Anthony Perkins was just amazing, man. Um, and then I think Choi Min Sik. From I Saw the Devil, he's just so unhealthy in it, so I want him. <laughs> I think Ashley Judd from Bug, because the amount of crap that she goes through is just insane. Uh, I like Kathleen Turner and Serial Mom. I remember watching that movie and going, this is insane. I watched that when I was like 11 wow. or 12, and I was like, yeah. this is nuts. I also love Kieran Shipkin, the Black, Black Oats daughter. Uh, of course, you have to do Lupita uh, Nyong'o from Us. I also yes. think that Thomas Jane from The Mist for that final moment he's <laughs> so powerful and then i also think it'll never happen but i really like matilda lutz in revenge she just like talk about an actor just giving everything and then getting a beer can phoenix uh and yeah. on her so yeah that's that's my list so who, who and john else? goodman from oh yeah john goodman. Well, line. I, I figured you were gonna add that so i didn't want to steal all of your good ones so um oh no oh. i thought you were actually just gonna yeah oh. say everything and Rebecca Hall from Resurrection, because nice. her monologue, I, you know, that movie doesn't, that movie only really works because of her, but the amount of, like, physicality in her performance, I, I, I still think about it a lot. So, yeah, I'm going to say Rebecca Hall, too, mm -hmm. from, from Resurrection. So that's my list. No, I've got Rebecca Hall for The Night House, because I think she's just brilliant in The Night House. But you're right, that monologue in Resurrection is something I'll never forget. Jacob Chamley from Doctor Sleep, that kid. Woo! It's amazing. That kid is so good. Margot Kidder for Black Christmas. I'm thinking of off the top of my head now because I don't have the list here. But um, yeah, like I also agree with a lot of yours. You had Titan. Ag yes. Uh, what's her yes. name? Agatha. Ag Agatha Roussel. I probably butchered that, but she was a, the amount of, that she put her body Agatha, through. Yeah, Agatha Roussel. Oh, so good. Uh, she was great. Oh, you gave the entire cast of Train to Busan. Pretty much the entire cast, yes. We wrote about... So good. We've both written, <laughs> written about Train to Busan for Cracked. I read about the train conductor who's uh -huh. an underappreciated hero of horror. Because he's a beast uh, in that yeah. movie. He is. Oh. I love that movie so much. And then... Yeah, no. I think we covered, like, the big, like, hitters for the, the, the horror stuff. So many good actors in horror movies, like, that you so wish they would get more recognition for it because damn good acting. <sighs> so good. Jacob Chamley and Dr. Sleep. So good. I mean, everyone, everyone in Dr. Sleep, Rebecca Ferguson, amazing. Oh, Ian yeah. McGregor, amazing. Cause he's always amazing. Like just like everyone. Oh, who's like, who's um Scatman from the Shining? Yeah. Scatman. Yeah. Like actually even, yeah. I mean, so many good, like underappreciated characters. With actors who like just did so well. World Goosebumps cinema well. like rides horror movies so much to make profits. Like every mm -hmm. major studio, every streaming thing has horror movies because those are what people watch and those are what people are really committed to. 
So it's just odd that it's always excluded from the Oscars because that's horror is a major part of cinema. And to just wholly, wholly ignore it is annoying. Yeah, it's funny how people think, I don't know, what what is tougher for people to do? I mean, it's not like these actors that we just mentioned. Lupita wasn't just running around screaming her head off in us. No. She was, I mean, I want to see, I want to see Nicole Kidman do that. I want to see, you know what I'm saying? I want to see Scarlett Johansson do that. I want to see like other actresses do that. Scarlett would actually be able to do that. <laughs> yeah, she, she'd be down I for it. I want to see like, you know, like, you know, that, that type of, you know, like really like deep acting, but also scaring the bejesus out of people at the same time, you know? Mm-hmm. This is one thing like shedding a tear, doing a scene where you like, you know, you're intense and whatever. It's another thing to make people so incredibly afraid of you. Oh, but I love Lupita. She's the best. She was robbed. I mean, that was like, yeah, I actually, it, it annoys. Let's let's talk about something and, else. And we're, not, we're not really fans of Hereditary, <laughs> but I feel like if Hereditary, which is a family drama, Tony Collette would have been nominated. It's just that's also absolutely, absolutely, yeah. I mean, she's just great in it. Like you say, if it wasn't horror or some supernatural thing, she would probably be nominated. Mm-hmm. It's it, so yeah. it's nonsense. If you took out the cult aspect of it and called the movie The Loss, she would have been nominated for an yeah. Oscar. <laughs> exactly. Uh, exactly. Yeah. It's hey, ridiculous. So where can where can people find you? Where can people find you online? Nowhere. <laughs> Nowhere? <laughs> Nowhere. I'm going incognito. You, you have a great Twitter page. Me. You don't want people going uh, there? Yeah. No, I'm on Twitter at Sanandi. I'm not sure if I, I'm still going to have a Facebook page. But yeah, search for me. Sanandi Birds is on the internet. Maybe you find me, maybe you don't. <laughs> See if it's in the stars, if the constellation is like you know, aligning. Maybe she's <laughs> right behind you. Uh, you know, that's it. Like, usually, just look behind you. I'll, I'll probably be there. Uh, all right, so... Uh, Eating this, ice cream. We did it! We're on a horror... Well, actually, Horror Moments is going to publish before this one, so... But we got we have another one coming up. We have some fun stuff coming up, so we... Uh, we do. Oh, I can't believe we're actually done with Scream. We should do this all again, like, in a year or two years' time. Like, we just do everything again. <laughs> Run it again. I mean, change. I've committed Bloodshot, and I've committed extra episodes to Malignant, so I'm down for whatever. Maybe we should revisit Five Cream, and then to get people into Six. Does that make sense? Six yeah, Cream. Yeah, now that we've done the whole thing again, yeah, maybe before the Six come out, or, like, when it does, like, maybe... Maybe do like a five sixer or something again, and like it's uh, it's fun. I can always talk about Scream. We can always talk about Scream. Six Scream. We've written so much about it. Yeah, it's fun. All right, well, so good. We're done. This is crazy. Woo! Amazing. All right, so uh, for me, Mark Hoffmeyer, for Zanani Boetas, this is Movie Sons of Flicks. We'll see you next week.